Welcome everyone to the King's Arms today online. My name's Kirsty and this is Charlene and we are back at King's House. We are Yay. home in our church home today. We've obviously been recording from various homes over the last few months whilst we've been in this period of lockdown. And today is the first day Woo. that we're back at King's House. Um, government guidelines have allowed for us to gather in a building in this way. And mm. it's not just Charlene and I here. Um, there have been a team supporting recording this and our worship team, all socially distanced, obviously, yeah. but um, close in heart and spirit, and it's been great. So we're really pleased to welcome you, really thankful for the team that have helped us put this on. There's been an enormous mm. amount of work to get this studio ready, um, but we're hoping that being able to bring you church this way is going to just streamline the whole process because it's been a lot of work, hasn't it, for yeah. people to be able well to done, record in various different homes. We're so grateful for those who have served us really well in that way. Yeah. Such a privilege to be here today and to do church in this way, just to have the freedom to be able to do church and to gather um, in your families, with your friends, or even if you're by yourself today, just to be able to worship in freedom and in spirit and truth as Mary and the team leads us today. We're looking so forward to an amazing time of, of just worshiping the Father. He's so ready to meet with us today. And just want to encourage you to come with expectant hearts to be an active worshiper today. Um, whether that means lying down on the floor or just taking time to listen to the words of the song. Uh, the Father's so ready to meet with you today. He knows um, what you've been thinking, what you've been carrying, what you've been praying for, and He knows your heart more than anybody else. And He's so ready to just come as we worship. Um, so we just want to invite Holy Spirit to come. Just going to um, open with prayer and then Mary and the team are going to lead us. Yeah, Jesus, we just we just thank you that you love to meet with us. We just thank you for your kindness and your goodness and your steadfastness. Yeah, Father God, we thank you for the church. We thank you that um, even though we're not in four walls together, Father God, we still are the bride of Christ. Yeah, Jesus, I just thank you that um, you just come as we come expectant, Father God. You don't leave us disappointed, but you come and you fill us up, you refresh us. Lord Jesus, we just pray that um, just as words of knowledge go out today, that there would be people who respond in faith and you would come and we'd see healings. And Father God, we'd see people coming to deeper freedom, that we'd see people um, just being filled up and ready to go again, Jesus. We just thank you for who you are. We worship you because you are good. We worship you because you never change. We worship you because you are worthy of our praise and adoration. Amen. Yeah. 
God of the breakthrough and anything is possible.
because of your goodness, because of who you are, Jesus. Anything is possible in your kingdom. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your goodness to us, God. Just choose to position your heart right now towards the goodness of God. Just choose to open yourself, open your heart, open your life up to him. Say, God, you are good and I trust you. I trust you that anything is possible. I trust you that you can do anything. I trust in your goodness, God. I love you. I love you and I trust you, Jesus. together our father Yeah. 
break our walls down, Jesus. Oh, break our walls down. You know, I've been thinking recently about what does it mean to have God come and break down the walls in our heart and the words keep coming back to me of that old hymn, make me a channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. And if you feel comfortable, why don't you just close your eyes, open up your hands wherever you are. Just say, God, Holy Spirit, come and break down walls in my heart. Break down the walls that I've put up. Break down the walls that are there because of what's been done to me. But break down walls in my heart, Jesus. Let heaven come down in my heart. Make me a channel of heavenly peace. Make me a channel of your peace, God. Make me a channel of your love. Let there be no walls in the way. Nothing that would block the flow of your peace from me to the world. Nothing that would block the flow of your love. God, break down our walls. Break down the walls in our hearts. Break down the walls between us. Would we be those marked by your peace, God? Would we be the peacemakers of our generation? Would we be the peacemakers in our generation, God? those who show the love of heaven. Oh, break our walls down, 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 break our walls down. Father, I just thank you that um, you do break down the walls. And Jesus, I thank you that you've come to give us freedom. Father God, if there's anyone struggling with fear or anxiety or just even um, feeling forgotten today, Father God, I pray that they would know your perfect peace, Jesus. May you come and fill them with your love and your peace, Father God. We just pray that any anxiety would lift off, Father God, any fear would lift off that your love would come and drive out any fear, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that no one is forgotten. Yeah, Father God, I thank you that you see and you know. Father God, I just thank you that you are close to us. As we draw close to you, you draw closer to us. Thank you that you've called us to be free um, and to walk in authority and power, Lord Jesus, not to hide in fear and shame. So Father God, won't you just carry on um, just ministering to um, your children, your sons and your daughters. Lord, I just thank you that 
You don't leave us. You never leave us, Jesus. You never leave us. You never forget us. Yeah, Father God, I just thank you for, for your heart. Your heart is so full of love for your children. Your heart is so full of compassion for those that suffer. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you for your kindness. But won't you just show your children who you are more and more, or even in the midst of difficulty, that they would see your kindness, they would see your love, they would see the Father's eyes that are full of, of just such acceptance. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you that you are for us and you are with us. Amen. 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 What a beautiful time of worship. Uh, thank you, Mary and the team. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for loving Jesus. Thank you for um, just stepping out in obedience. And, and I pray you guys were really blessed by um, just singing. I want to encourage you just even every day this week, just take some time, just take some time with the Father, just take some time to worship and just to be with your Father because He just loves you so much. And, and if there were any words of knowledge um, that, that you kind of, wanted to respond to, you've still got time to click on the prayer button, you've still got time to respond. If there's, if there's anything you want prayer for today, um, whether it's during the, the talk, just feel free. There's a team waiting and ready to just spend some time praying with you today. Bless you guys. Great. Thank you. I uh, also just wanted to invite you, if you want to spend some time chatting and meeting with people after the service, there's the opportunity to do that. Um, we've kind of called it coffee and Zoom. I guess it could be smoothie and Zoom. We were talking yeah. earlier about our breakfast smoothies or uh, whatever beverage takes your fancy. If you want to meet up with others after the service, you can click great. on the button and get to just spend some time chatting with, with people uh, in that space. It would be great to meet you there. Now, as well as the service that uh, is streamed at this time on a Sunday, we also have a family service that uh, runs on a Sunday morning. And we thought it would be fun mm. for perhaps those of you who don't have families and haven't seen some of that, just to kind of get an uh, idea of what our kids have been up to in that family service. So we've put together this short video just to give you a taster of what goes on in that session. Yes, come on. Yes, yes. Oh, morning, Nikki. Uh, morning, kids. Morning and welcome to our family service. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Welcome, everyone. So good morning. Jess and this morning we're going to be making 
sock snot. So this morning we are going to be making an eruption. So to make crystals, we are going to make a tea bag fly. Oh! Very nice. Well, here it is. for another exciting story from the Bible. Today we're going to look at the story of the prodigal son. Anoush, why are we wearing massive ears today? And the weather grew even worse still! <laughs> then he was attacked by robbers who stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away. I'm going to be talking to you all about a very cool guy from the Bible called Elijah. Now, Nehemiah, what a guy. Now we're going to learn today's memory verse through rap. To pray for healing or to practice on a teddy. So Daniel did something very brave. The younger son finds that all play and no work doesn't make for a very happy life. Just remember, God loves you. We can hear from God wherever we are. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We pray that you may give them strength and they may be brave. We love God so much. Please name Amen. 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 <laughs> Jesus. Jesus coming back to life. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. About Jesus. 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 We're going to spend some time with Jesus. Jesus, you know. Please keep your clothes on. Brilliant! Wow, that was a lot of fun. Uh, aren't our King's Kids team great? They have just done some really creative yeah. and inventive things and it has just been such a blessing, so I think, good. for the kids to be able to enjoy that. So thank you so much, team, for all you have been doing there. Nikki mm. and her crew have just been amazing. So, so it's good. been really fun. Well done, guys. So we have a monthly challenge. You might have seen some of the photos that have been coming through with various challenges. Maybe you've taken part, maybe you haven't. Well, we've got a cracker of a one today for you. And this challenge is about getting into a very small space. So we want to challenge you and your housemates or your family to get into the smallest space you can find. An example would be a box under the bed um, in a cloakroom. Can you think of some? Wardrobe. A wardrobe, yeah. In the car. Squeeze as many people as you can into that space. Take a photo and send it in to us. We're looking forward having some laughs at looking at them and as long as you stay safe we want you to take the challenge and run with it so go for it guys we're looking forward to see what you send in that is going to be fun yeah i am really looking forward to seeing some of those pictures get inventive guys with your creative yeah. spaces um, so this is an opportunity for us to give at this point in the service you can do that by going to kingsarms.org donate or press the give button on your screen. Everything that um, you're giving at the moment is going towards various activities in the church, including us obviously being able to bring these services to you. So we're so grateful for your ongoing generosity. It really mm. makes a massive difference to church family Definitely. being able to continue at this time. So thank you. Great. And um, the amazing Simon Holly has made a video for us for some family news he'd like to share with us. There's been so many changes over the last few weeks and months. He's just going to take this opportunity to update us with some family news. Stay tuned. Hi, King's Arms family. Well, someone tells me it's now 17 weeks since we last met face to face on a Sunday. That is such a long time. 
Recently, as staff team, we were reflecting on what we're loving on this season. Some are loving the opportunity for greater family connection, daily devotions with the kids, a walk with a friend every evening. And others, others are getting back into baking and other kind of creativity. Some are just loving listening to podcasts. But also, there are just so many challenges in this season. I don't know if you're feeling jaded by life being so out of control. Others are experiencing screen fatigue. Sometimes I'm like, I cannot do another Zoom meeting. Many are just feeling so emotionally drained with the stress of this time, with the the pressures, the changes. There have been so many changes, haven't they? I think our team have done a great job getting us a gathering point online on a Sunday. One recent Sunday morning meeting, I think it was a 9.30, the hosting team had 17 different prayer requests. They had a, a shoulder that was significantly healed. Someone else had a knee and a shoulder issue that were healed. Many encountered God in the prayer time. That was just one Sunday meeting. In the midweek, we've had training going on and groups meeting and people serving the community and sharing their faith. Our building may be closed, but the church is very much open, very much alive. We've been learning so many new things together. And I I don't know about you, but I can't wait to gather again, to see each other's faces, to worship together, to pray for one another. However, we only want to do that when it's safe to do so. And we feel it won't be a kind of potential contributing factor to the spread of the virus in our community. And also when the, the guidelines allow us to do so in a way that, that the corporate experience, the gathered experience isn't negatively affected by it. That it just doesn't look the same and feel the same. So as we've reviewed the, lo- the recent government guidelines for churches, we just don't feel this is the right time to relaunch our Sunday meetings reports show that there are numbers for Bedford and Milton Keynes are really high on the national tables so for that reason we want to err on the side of caution because as we've seen there have been localized lockdowns on other towns secondly the government guidelines are uh, are only permitting a limited number of things there's no singing you can't speak loudly uh, you've got to be socially distanced so the, the capacity of the venues will be massively reduced be hard to pray for one another or even kind of talk together in a, in a big space uh, far apart and many who are uh, shielding in some way won't be able to gather there's issues with the kids ministry on and on and on there are just so many different things that factors that just ultimately we feel like this is not workable for us right now I know that's a real shame and many of us are gutted by that what, what are we going to do then? And I, I would encourage you that where you want to and are able to make use of the fact that we can now, that we now gather as two households in the same house. And so potentially we could get uh, households gathered together to connect, be church together, to watch online together, even to, to pray in a socially distanced way. Uh, we can gather outdoors now in sixes. So you might want to grab an iPad in the garden or the park to watch, to, to study the Bible together, to, to pray uh, to, to in some way together. Uh, we'll obviously continue to stream our meetings for adults and teens. We'll do those at 9.30 and 11.30. The family service will still be at 10.30. The guys have done a brilliant job on that. And from now on, though, our meetings will be on demand from 12.30. So if you're watching in the evening, you can actually watch at any point now from 12.30. Uh, They'll just be online and you can watch at any point. And hopefully those few changes will mix things up a bit. Uh, We'll lift some of the fatigue. We're also going to bring some fresh creativity into the meetings. So I hope you'll enjoy that and connect with that. That's the plan for now and we'll do this until the end of August and then we'll review it again and keep you updated as to where we're going from there. But I'd encourage us all, let's get creative in this season as we're seeking to learn more how to follow Jesus, how to disciple one another in this crazy time. One of my favorite proverbs says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. God is not hiding stuff from us. 
He's hiding stuff for us, treasure waiting for us to discover. And I'm already hearing some of it, friends watching with friends and family members who are not followers of Jesus who would never have stepped through the door of a church. People praying more, people seeking God, people growing in compassion for those who don't know Jesus, people coming up with creative ideas or releasing creativity. Let's hunt for the treasure that God's for, got for us. Please do email with me with ideas and encouragements and stories. I would love to hear from you. I've got to stop talking now, but be blessed, King's Arms. We're going to get through this. Jesus will be glorified as we seek him. Thank you so much for taking the time for listening. Have a blessed week. Have a blessed day. God bless you. Thank you. Well, hello. It's great to be with you today. And uh, I want to start today with a question. And the question is this. If you were to have an alien land in your back garden, and that's a weird question, but bear with me. If you had an alien land in your back garden and your job was to introduce the alien to independent living, what would you tell them so that they could fit in? So many things. Mr. Alien, you can go to any shop and purchase goods made all over the world. Even better, you can order it from this little device and it comes in a day or two. You can pick up this little device and talk to anyone face to face anywhere in the world. You can fly anywhere in just a few hours. You can even have an app that translates as you speak. You can speak in any language without any effort of learning, Mr. Alien. Well, kind of, a few mistakes. My little alien friend, there is so much to learn. But then you'd realize if Mr. Alien is going to survive, there's also some darker things that you'd have to tell your alien, alien friend. Racism would be an issue you'd have to discuss. The dominance and control of media in our lives, the global wealth gap, Brexit, the environment. Mr. Alien has got a lot to get his head around if he is going to make it. You can imagine him thinking, I'm going to get back in my little spaceship and try a different planet. This one is way too messed up. One thing perhaps we probably would forget to talk to Mr. Alien about, something that underlines a whole load of this stuff, the, the cult of self, the lie that we're served every day in a million ways, from personalised movie selection to silent discos where you wear headphones and you dance to your own music. Your adverts are personalised, your clothes can be personalised, your gym should definitely be personalised and perfect for you, your banking, your phone, pretty much anything. Let's face it, everything should be perfect for you because... You are the most important. You are worth it. You deserve it. Constantly, how many times I've heard that. You deserve it. You are special. It's created a society of outrage where anyone who offends you deserves to be cancelled and anyone who disagrees with me might as well be accused of attacking me personally. It's created a consumer society where what matters is how cheap it is to me, no matter the cost of the environment or to others. It's created a wealth gap where people are out for themselves and what they can get. And teenagers, this is the only world you've ever known. It's the world we built for you. And adults, you've seen a world change into this. And deep down, in the midst of all the amazing things about our society, we're also seeing a rise, a rebellion against some of these things. A rise of people fasting social media and buying local and driving less and getting rid of plastic. And whilst many of these things are good, they don't cut to the heart of the issue. And in this series, we are looking at pictures of the church. In it lies the true antidote to the cult of self. We're going to read from the Bible from the book of Ephesians in a minute. But before we do, I'm going to give away the punchline, which is that the church is the temple of God. That's what we're looking at today. It's exciting. I know some of you are not excited by that. But before we can read it, I've got to give you a little bit of the original vision of the temple for it to make sense. Because for centuries, 
Jewish worship revolved around this massive temple in Jerusalem, this huge stone building. Some of the blocks were 14 meters long and weighed 100 tons. It was lined with cedar. It was lined with gold. It was impressive. It was a place of awe. You can imagine standing there and feeling the awe of God. Along with all the gold, it was decorated with palm trees and pomegranates. I never understood that. And then someone explained it to me. They said, well, where would you find these things normally? Well, in a garden. What's the most famous garden in the Bible? The Garden of Eden. Well, what happened in the garden? And then it suddenly dawned, of course. Man walked with God. Bingo. The temple is a picture of the garden where man walks with God. It's the place of awe, but it's also the place of connection. In fact, I didn't know this until recently, but many Jewish scholars think that the pomegranate was the fruit that Eve ate in the garden, not an apple at all. It never actually says in the book, in the, in the Bible, that it was an apple. They think it was a pomegranate. You can have that for free. I didn't even know it myself until a few weeks ago. The temple was a place of awe, but a place of connection. A, man, a reminder that man was made to walk with God. But it was also a place of separation. Phil talked about this a few weeks ago. The outer courts where everyone could go, the inner court, only the priest could go, the Holy of Holies, only the high priest could go, and only once a year. Even the construction of the temple was a reminder that it was like the garden, but it was different from the garden. In the Garden of Eden, man walked with God. There were no barriers, there were no restrictions. In the temple, yeah, you could meet with God, but our sin had got away. We were stained. There were barriers between us and the perfection of God. And there were other barriers. Recent explorations show that uh, the temple had two outer courts. One was intended for Jews only, and the other, a larger outer court, was called the Court of the Gentiles. It was intended for anyone, strangers from other nations, could come and meet with God. It was the place where Jesus drove out the market sellers who were kind of turning it into a place of, of uh, commerce instead of making it a place accessible for Gentiles to worship. Those two courts were separated by a low wall and on the top of this dividing wall at regular intervals were placed signs. And the signs had an inscription, no Gentile is to pass from the court of the Gentiles to the court of the Jews. The penalty is death. The temple was a place where you came to meet with God, but when you got there, the holiness of God, the perfection, the fact that there was separation between God and man, separation between Jew and Greek, men and women, chosen and the not chosen, it was a place of connection, it was a place of awe, but it was also a place of separation. Now, one final piece we have to get, and that concerns Jesus. One time when Jesus was walking through the temple, you read about it in John 2, he says, if you destroy this temple, in three days I'll rise it up. Rise it up. And the religious leaders say, that's ridiculous, the temple took 46 years to build, and you'll raise it up in three days. And John puts a little footnote, and he writes this, but Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body. It's just a little clue, it's like a little breadcrumb, that everything concerning the temple was about to change. The old temple was stone and was gold, but there was a new temple, a new place to meet with God. Jesus was saying, it's going to be my body. All right, sorry for the long intro, but we just had to set the scene to really understand what's going on in the passage we are going to read today. You, are you with me still? I can't hear you, so I'll assume that you are. So this is Paul. He's one of the earliest followers of Jesus. He's writing to a largely Gentile church in the city of Ephesus. And we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Having no hope and without God 
in the world. Have you ever had anyone ask you if you want the good news or the bad news first? Which do you, which do you go for first? I always go for the bad news. I worry that says something's wrong about me. I don't know you can say what you went for, but I always go for the bad news. I just want to get it over with. Here's the thing. Paul doesn't even ask. He just starts with the bad news. What a guy. He doesn't give him the option. Here's the bad news. The bad news is this. You were out. You were out. You Gentiles, that's everyone who's not a Jew, were separated from God. <coughs> Excuse me. You were strangers to God's promise. God had made incredible promises to his people, but they never applied to you. You were out. You were without God. You were without hope. Now, I was probably 19 years old before I really confronted hopelessness. Two incidents. One was my own situation. A girl that I was madly in love with got together with another guy. I was hope, heartbreaking. I'm laughing now, but it, I thought I would never recover. I was desperate. I was so brokenhearted. I was the closest to suicide that night than I've ever been in my life. I know it sounds dramatic, but that was the reality. The other situation was I met a guy drunk in a doorway. I was a student. He was a much older man. I sat down to chat and he poured out the most hopeless story as he wept with despair. Hopelessness. Paul saying, have you ever felt hopeless? or whether you have or you haven't, you really were hopeless. There's no hope because you had no access to God. That's the really bad news. And if you're not a follower of Jesus today, that niggling hopelessness that you feel, that feeling that, that we numb with sex or alcohol or entertainment or work or family or thrill-seeking, that feeling, that quiet desperation is there and it's real. And sometimes the brokenness is obvious. Sometimes it's hidden. Recently, I spoke at uh, the Miracle Night, the night that we have every week, and I had a word of knowledge about someone who'd been bitten by a dog and God wanted to heal any lasting effects. And someone responded that they'd been bitten three years earlier on the mouth by their dog, which sounds really unpleasant. What happened was over the next three weeks, God began to show them the effects of that bite. Because initially they didn't think they had any effects, but then they realized they felt such shame because of the damage to their mouth. But then it began to open up memories of being silenced right back to childhood. Even areas today where they, they felt they couldn't be heard. That word of knowledge unblocked something deep in them that they were unaware of. We are all out. We're carrying wounds. We're carrying hopelessness. Sometimes it's loud. Sometimes it's quiet. This is what Paul carries on as he uh, finishes and moves on in his uh, passage. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments, that he might create himself one new man in the place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. You were out, Paul says, but now you are in. You were out, but now you're in. Remember the dividing wall that separated the Jew and the Gentile in the temple? The Jews looked down on the Gentiles as kind of beneath them. The Gentiles thought the Jews were proud and arrogant, superiority, jealousy, but both were separated from God. And Jesus came and broke the walls. He broke the walls between the Jew and the Gentile. He opened the way for racial integration between all races. He broke down the jealousy, the superiority, the divisive spirit that wants to take hold of all of our hearts on the cross. Jesus broke down every barrier between the nations. 
And when we took up the offering a few weeks ago now for, for those impacted by COVID-19, that incredible uh, total that we took up as a church and as a family of churches, it was uh, for those who were impacted in the developing world, it was a picture of that. We're separated from people by language and distance, but we are one nation. And I get emails and messages every week, big smiling faces of photos thanking us for remembering them. One pastor from a nation I can't name for security reasons wrote this, you proved you care and you love us as a people when it mattered most. One nation. That's what Paul writes. You were out, but now you're in. And this is what he carries on with. Verse 17. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You were out but now you're in and now you belong. If you accept what Christ has done on the cross, then his blood has paid the price for your sins and he has brought you to God. He broke the wall between us and God. Now we can boldly approach God's holy place because he's made peace. We have access, he writes, by the same Holy Spirit. How did the early church know that the Gentiles were accepted? You read Peter's words, the coming of the Spirit. It was the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who fills us, who unites us. The church should have learned this. The church should have got hold of this. In America, the turn of the last century, the church was praying for revival. They're praying that God would move. He did move, but there was a problem. He moved in Azusa Street through the preaching of William Seymour, who was a black man, blind in one eye, scarred face. And that was a big problem in a nation only recently moving out the grip of slavery. And what's more, he moved in an old warehouse on the wrong side of the railway tracks. It was a poor area. But anyone who was hungry enough went and saw one of the most powerful moves of God that has ever hit the planet. The power of God was so intense that people were healed instantly. Many times the fire brigade were called because the people saw flames over the building. But it was really the flames of God's presence. You're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. What do you hear so much today? I feel like a stranger. I feel like I don't fit in. Paul's saying, you're right, you didn't fit, but Christ has made you fit. You are now all together from every different race and background, every nation become one new nation, citizens of a new nation, brought from every family, become one new family, the family of God. So we need to work hard in the church to make everyone feel welcome. There's a lot more we can do, but also we've all got to fight the lie that we all hear. Ever heard that little voice in your ear? You don't fit here. You don't belong. Ever felt like that? You've got to fight it with the truth. No one fits. No one belongs. Christ is the only answer. He is the only one who can make us belong. Paul writes this, built on the foundation of the prophets, verse 20, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you're also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. You're out, now you're in, now you belong, now you are a temple. With all those barriers gone, God's building a new temple, a temple made up of you and I. 
The word he used for temple always refers to the sanctuary the, the, within the physical structure in Jerusalem, the holy place. That's the part of the temple we are, not just the outer courts, but the inner place. We have access to intimacy with God himself, no barriers. And the word translated is joined together. Scholars tell us that word means skillfully put together. It denotes that the various parts of the building are skillfully fitted to each other, not haphazardly thrown together. You are not part of this family by accident. We've all been joined together skillfully. The old temple was static. You had to go to it in one location on the planet, but this new temple is highly portable. It moves through the world in you and I. In fact, it's going to fill the world. And here's the key to the destruction of the cult of self. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us building something together for God and in God. And the old temple was a place of barriers. The sick, the women, the Gentiles were kept at arm's length. But Jesus showed the new temple is very different. It's a place where all can meet God. He touched the leper. He had women, female disciples. He welcomed the sinful people, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. The new temple is a very, very different place. That's why Jesus said, greater things will you do because I'm going to the Father. His body was going to the Father, but his body, meaning us, is now the temple of God. So many want God to do things for them, and he does that. But his primary design is to do things through us, to carry his indwelling presence, his spirit, to go out as the temple and fill the earth with our glory with his glory. There's a lady on Online Alpha who was asked, uh, have you ever had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? And she said, I only have had one. Uh, a friend of mine years ago invited me to a King's Arms Father Heart Conference. And at the end, we went through this tunnel thing where people were being prayed for, but I didn't get anything. So I went through again. And one of the leaders put his hand on me and prayed for me. And I fell over. And for about three quarters of an hour, I laughed and laughed. And I've never known such joy before or since. That's why I wanted to do a King's Arms Alpha, and she's connecting in remotely. You carry his presence, his spirit with you, but it's not for you alone. It's for you to give away. It's for you to impart to others. You have been brought near, but not just for your sake. It's so that you can bring others near. This is the true cure of the cult of self. Are you important? Are you significant? Am I? Absolutely, Christ died for you, he died for me, but not just for you. To fit you together, to be part of a new temple, a mobile temple, a temple that carries his spirit into the world, into the very same hopelessness that we came from, he now sends us back. As lockdown eases, are you ready? Are you ready? Because here's my question, take some time, answer it at home, answer it on your own or with a group. What does this passage tell you about God? What does it tell you about people? What's God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? How can you, how can I be this temple into a world that needs not more of the cult of self, needs not more people focused on themselves. It needs people who can bring others to God, who can say, I have found something, I've become part of something that will change your life. Let me tell you my story. Let's get into the habit, shall we, of telling our story, of walking openly, telling others what God has done for us. What does this passage tell you about God? What does it tell you about people? What's God saying to you through it? And what are you going to do about it? Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Simon, for such a great message. 
it would be really good to be able to carry through what Simon has said to maybe have a discussion with your family or friends or people that you come into contact with during this week just to ask each other what is it that God spoke to you about during that message and what is it that you've learned about him what have you learned about God's people and perhaps kind of ask yourselves what what's caught my attention what's God speaking to me about and what am I going to do about it great if you've logged on for the first time today or maybe you've been visiting with us and you've got some questions, maybe you want to know more about who this Jesus is we've been talking about and worshipping, we'd love you to connect with us. Why don't you just click on the prayer button and somebody will be happy to just chat with you and spend some time praying with you. We'd love you to take this opportunity today. Um, you might think, oh, I want to leave it and I'm going to wait a little bit longer, but I encourage you today is a good day to get to know Jesus. Today is a good day to um, just spend some time praying with somebody and we would love you to join us, join us in prayer, join us for the for the Zoom afterwards. We just, yeah, we just wanna say you're welcome to be with us and you're welcome to ask any questions that you might have today. That's great, Shah, thanks so much. Well, it's been lovely having you with us. Yeah. We're gonna close the service this morning. As Shah said, if you wanna hang around afterwards in Zoom, please do. Enjoy the rest of the day with your family yeah. and friends. Have a great week. See you next week. Take care.